Many law department leaders today are running their departments like a business within a business, and in doing so are repositioning the department as simply a provider of legal services and a cost center to a business enabler. Now, whether you're a team of seven or 700, thinking like a business means first and foremost, focusing on your customer, delivering exceptional client service, and proactively and innovatively solving problems for the business. The Legal and Compliance Group at the Bank of Montreal has been on the leading edge of this approach. They've been recognized globally for their innovative approaches to legal service delivery, their inclusive and collaborative culture, and their engagement and commitment to the community. I'm delighted to speak today with Richard Stewart, the Deputy General Counsel and Chief Operating Officer for the Office of the General Counsel at the Bank of Montreal, as he shares his insights and perspectives on running a law department like a business. Richard, thank you very much for joining me today. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you landed as the Deputy GC and COO for the Office of the General Counsel at the Bank of Montreal? Oh, hi, Joanne. Um, it's great to be here, and thanks very much for uh, having me. Um, it's a fantastic role uh, that I've got. I really, really enjoy it. Um, my background in brief is that I was a private practice lawyer for about 15 years before joining BMO about five years ago. And I'm from the UK, as you may have already uh, uh, worked out. I was the head of legal for EMEA in the capital markets team in London. And uh, that was not officially an operations uh, role. It was a it was a line of business uh, legal advice role. But in London, you know, we were a smaller office uh, as part of the larger BMO enterprise. And so a lot of interesting kind of non-capital markets issues came across my desk. Uh, and it was in dealing with those that I, you know, find an interest and a passion for for legal operations. And for example, one of the little things that I did was institute a law a law firm panel in the UK, which is very much part of the my job jar um, as it is at the moment here in, in Canada. It's also great, and I'd just like to say this up front, that, um, you know, the private bar in Canada and uh, indeed uh, other parts of the world, but we're talking about Canada, are really taking an interest, an active interest in the role of chief operating officer and legal operations more generally. Uh, it's very, you know, it's a very outward looking approach. And I think that it's one that will will do the uh, the private practice bar uh, proud. Um, as you know, uh, though, Joanne, the evolution of the role generally is very interesting to watch, um, and it's going to continue to be so. I'm a lawyer, as I said, but there are lots of other people executing on the role in different ways, um, not always as lawyers. Uh, we have uh, accountants and uh, even some HR professionals among the ranks of uh, operating officers within, within the in-house um, bar. But lawyers are quite well placed to do the role. They have a lot of appropriate transferable skills. The obvious ones are things like logical thought, analysis, and project management skills, as well as obviously a good understanding of how law firms work and how uh, private practice lawyers think and operate. Ultimately, my role comes back to some very human characteristics. I know that the role of chief operating officer is a, a relatively new phenomenon, but it really comes down to um, one very simple thing, and that's to serve our legal and compliance professionals here within the bank and uh, also serve our clients uh, more widely. And the rule has, I've heard it compared, um, I've heard the rule compared to um, the White House chief of staff, really. And the clue really is in the name there. Uh, it's the chief of staff. So the key point is to look after the people 
uh, and look after the running of the really the in-house law firm that is the legal and compliance group here at BMO. So it's a very human, uh, personal, sort of emotional thing, and it's um, something that I get a great deal of satisfaction from. Now, you once described yourself in an interview with Canadian Lawyer magazine as the chief javelin catcher, which I love. You explained how you can be dealing with an IT problem in the morning, a clogged drain in the afternoon, and then looking how to reduce cost in, in a legal excellence program later in the day. I think this is a perfect articulation of the role of the legal ops professional. And while the concept of having a COO is not new to BMO, I think that the expectation of the role has probably evolved over the past few years as the legal function itself shifts from guardian of the organization to more of a strategic business partner. Can you talk a bit about how the role has changed and how that drives your priorities today? Sure. Um, thank you. So if we just look at um, and take a step back and look at the challenges that in-house lawyers face today. So you've got all sorts of combined forces and pressures acting on the in-house bar. You've got you know, lots and lots of new technologies coming at us thick and fast. Um, there's the need to do more with less all the time. There's constant pressure on cost. Um, there's an increasingly complex regulatory environment, and frankly, that's not going to go away. I think the uh, incredibly complex environment in which we are in today is the new normal. Um, we've got a sometimes unsettled relationship between law, compliance, and risk within organizations. Um, and there's a little bit of uh, lack of innovation within the legal industry that really needs challenging and, um, and, to be, uh, and to be, you know, broken through. You've also got things like the career expectations of millennials, which is something which is a real challenge for us in terms of our HR uh, outlook on life. And then obviously, not last but by no means least, you've got the whole issues of, of Brexit <laughs> in the UK. So the role of the in-house lawyer, I would say, has evolved hugely. If you set aside legal operations, the role of the in-house lawyer itself has evolved over the last 15 or 20 years. Um, and it really has come to maturity. And the next level of evolution of the in-house lawyer really is the chief operating officer, and that is uh, really a new inflection point in the world of the in-house bar. We at BMO here have been fortunate enough to be thought leaders in this area for about 10 years under Simon Fish's uh, vision, and Simon's our current general counsel, and he instituted the office of chief operating officer about 10 years ago. Um, what I do and what is the role? Well, it's really to manage the day-to-day and strategic aspects of the of the big internal law and compliance firm that is BMO Legal and Compliance. It's about supporting the bank's strategic objectives from an enterprise level and looking at, at how we can apply those best to the legal and compliance group. One of the big priorities for me is really just the need to control costs and to make things more efficient. And frankly, that applies to, I would say, any in-house law department, whether you're a law department the size of BMO's or whether you're just the company's sole counsel. And that whole value drive really starts with the perception that the uh, in-house legal function has to be cost efficient. Law departments which hit their budgets will be seen as being cost efficient and really one of the most important ways to hit that budget then is to control external legal spend. And one of the ways that I find to do that as an aside is to use AFAs, 
quite regularly and by AFAs I mean appropriate fee arrangements they're sometimes called alternative fee arrangements but frankly they are really now the norm rather than the exception so they're they're not an alternative anymore they're really what we use more and more um so to to drive that point really home uh, to hit the budget and to use AFAs to drive value are very much correlated and then if you hit your budget you'll be seen as a cost efficient operation and therefore a value driver within the business. Absolutely. I completely agree, especially the use of the phrase appropriate fee arrangements as opposed to alternative. Now, the legal and compliance team at BMO has nearly 700 employees around the world. That's bigger than most law firms. You're basically running a business within a business. From an operational standpoint, though, how do you make sure all the trains are running on time while keeping the team focused on your purpose, which is to help your customer and protect the brand? It's a very good point. It is very much um, a juggling act, uh, I think. And um, the, the great thing is that I've, I've got a, a wonderful team here working with me, uh, and I feel very well supported. I've got uh, a finance professional who helps with the financial side of running the, the legal business. That was something I wasn't really uh, had had very little limited knowledge of being a, being a lawyer and, and coming from private practice and then through you know, even in-house work as a lawyer, I didn't have a huge amount of um, financial experience or, or budgeting experience. And so that's something that I had to get up to speed with very quickly. Uh, I also have an HR team, which does a great job of, uh, you know, tracking and, uh, and, and monitoring all our sort of hirings, uh, departures, compensation and strategic goals for uh, the HR side of our, our business. Um, and then we also have a, a, a legal procurement team. So that's that, that's my team, which deals with what we call our uh, legal excellence program, which is our external panel program or law firm panel, as most people might know it. Uh, I've got a team running that. And then finally, last but by no means least, I've got a, a small marketing team who helps us with communications um, as well. So when you look at it like that, it really is, um, a business, as you say, and I am running a business within a business. And that was something which very much came home to me. That aside, as I've said, I'm not a finance expert. I'm not a marketing expert. I'm not an HR expert. So I'll just share with you what I said to my team on the first day that I came into role. And I basically said, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. Um, you know, I was a lawyer specializing in capital markets from London in the UK. And none of those three things were particularly helpful um, uh, in, in me telling my team how to perform their jobs. They were all doing their roles uh, brilliantly well and executing on them uh, to great effect. So I was really just there to say, look, you guys are the experts at what you do. You have this, but I'm here to give the strategic direction and leadership and to interpret what's going on at the top of the house and how that can be best implemented within the legal uh, and compliance group more widely. And so that's what I did. Um, and then just on your point about, you know, being focused on, on the purpose, I think that's a very important point. You have to keep going back to your overall purpose and making sure that that is reflected in everything you do. Simon, frankly, uh, says that, uh, you know, we should always have our purpose at the forefront of our minds, which is, as you said, it's um, to help the customer and to protect the brand. And if we're not doing something which 
serves either of those two functions, then frankly, we should just stop doing it. Um, so it's all about that, and it's all about constantly uh, reverting back or checking in with the uh, the purpose. And then finally, it's about communication. You know, you've got to you've got to have a two-way dialogue with your team to make sure that, as you say, the trains are running on time. So I think communication is really important as well. Absolutely. So I think regardless of whether or not you're running a team of 700 or are a team of 10, there's some pretty fundamental operational priorities. And obviously the scale or scope of it will vary. But what do you view to be the top priorities for someone in your role? That's a good question. So I think that the primary one I've slightly touched on already, which is to drive value. Uh, So it's really, again, ensuring that the business can see that we are doing more with less. And no matter the size um, or, or, or diminutive size of, of your team, uh, it's, it's really important to bring out the, the small but mighty point. We, as lawyers, sometimes undersell ourselves by how much we can achieve. And I think it's important to, to say that to the business and to explain. Um, it's therefore important to communicate. Communicate on strategy with your team. Communicate on financial planning with your team, on compensation. Everything needs to be explained. And I think that's something that I've really picked up. You have to explain it and then explain it again um, until people get a a really thorough understanding of what it is you're trying to to talk to them about. So that's a top priority. More widely, and looking maybe a little bit more uh, externally to the law firms, I think it's very important to explain to the law firms what it is you want from them. And that might sound very simple. And indeed, it isn't hugely complex. But sometimes it's something that gets lost. We, we in the in-house bar sometimes feel that law firms do or should automatically understand what the end product should look like um, without any reference um, uh, being given to that in the framing of the instructions. What we try to do at BMO is to explain to the law firm what our risk appetite is. And we have a moderate risk appetite here within BMO. And by that, I mean, we don't take too much risk or excessive risk, but equally, we understand that in in business, some risk has to be taken for, frankly, for profit to be made. And so we are aligned with our business's risk appetite in the legal function. And we try and explain that to our law firms um, as we go along, so every mandate that we um, we we get engaged in with a law firm, uh, we try and explain what that means for us in terms of the 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 the, uh, the how the advice is pitched to us and the output uh, of the advice. So, it's, but that's something that we have to do, and it's a priority for us. One of the other things we're looking at uh, at the minute, and again, it comes back to communication, is we find it's really important to communicate with our law firms on a regular basis, uh, not obviously during deals, which is, uh, goes without saying, but in between transactions, in between cases. Uh, and we have you know, formal and informal meetings. We do it as we go along. We try not to leave it all until you know, a, a big annual review. And it's uh, increasingly something I'm thinking about, actually, of making that a, a two-way process. So it's all very well us giving feedback to the law firms and saying, you know, what went well and what they need to improve on. But, you know, this is a partnership. And um, I think it's important that the law firms are able to and feel comfortable with being able to um, express how they feel about the lawyers that work within BMO. And I want to hear 
their stories and how they feel that our guys have performed because it's in doing that that we can uh, you know we can build and strengthen the relationship and then finally the uh, maybe another priority or another trick that I've learned is uh, really the ability to be, ability to be able to look through both ends of the telescope it's important as a lawyer as all lawyers will know to be very detailed um, and to you know pick up on the, the the missing commas and 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 crossing the T's and dotting the I's but it's also critical in chief operating officer's role to keep a weather eye out on the horizon for any new trends um, you know they might be distant clouds now but it's important to track them uh, and this is all the more uh, brought home to me because we do live in a world of uncertainty uh, and the ability to live in that uncertainty is very important it's not often a comfortable place for a lawyer lawyers don't like uncertainty but but actually um, uncertainty is something which our businesses face day in, day out. And our businesses are making decisions based on information that's 70%, 60% complete, and maybe that's on a good day. So it's important to have an understanding of that and to get comfortable in that space. I think that two-way feedback and that constant communication is absolutely critical to developing a strong relationship and partnership between in-house and outside counsel. So in that line of thinking, what would you say to outside counsel about what they need to know about legal ops and this increasingly important function? If you want me to give you one word, I would say simplify. And this is something that's very important to us at BMO at the moment. It's something that's been, uh, it's, it's a tone from the top and it's being flowed down through the whole organization. And uh, by simplify, you know, we really mean in the context of legal advice, for example, um, we have a tendency among lawyers to overvalue complexity. We create huge decks, over-elaborate decks, and um, you know we try to beat down on that in the past and say, okay, you've got to trim your deck. And that's what happened. The deck got shorter, but then the appendices, <laughs> frankly, get much longer. That's not we want what what we want um, at all. What we want is um, right-sized legal advice. And it comes back to the understanding of our moderate risk attitude uh, appetite. We want um, the, uh, the the law firms to partner with us and to understand the legal advice in the context of what we're trying to achieve. And by that, I mean, we don't always want uh, a Rolls-Royce or a Cadillac as the finished product. Sometimes it can just be a bit of oral advice or even, you know, a short a short um, document, but we don't always need the copper-bottomed, ironclad, 20 pages of you know densely packed legal text. We don't always need to show the workings. So simplify is a very important thing. Um, maybe in a slightly more abstract sense, uh, the question about what do our external lawyers need to know about legal operations could be answered this way. Um, it's really more about the future of the legal industry generally. So I think that um, we will always need external lawyers. That's the good news. Uh, and I actually see the partnership between external and internal lawyers deepening as a result of legal operations. Um, we will always need uh, external lawyers to help us with the higher level thinking and to see into um, all the other goldfish bowls. So we want to see what everyone else is doing and to uh, ensure that we're 
constant to the market. And that's something that we'll always need external counsel for. One of the other things that we're going to be focusing on more and more within legal operations is the cost control, frankly, and increased scrutiny on billing. And I've spoken a little bit before about value billing. But again, in terms of uh, cost savings, this can be a win-win. Um, one huge element which helps in our cost control is, frankly, the good old-fashioned relationship we have with our external partners within the law firms. And I think that the firms that truly partner with us uh, on AFAs and other forms of appropriate billing will be able to win as well, because combined and aligned together, we can continue to drive costs in a sustainable and profitable way. Uh, and that's you know what, what we're all aiming for. We want predictability of fees and we want sustainability of, of um, you want sustainability of fees. So it comes down to the law firms being willing to partner with us for the long term uh, and gaining our trust for the long haul. And while the chief operating officer is a, you know, it's a relatively new, um, new function, uh, the fundamentals really are as old as the hills. It's all about relationships at the end of the day. Now, we've been working on a really fun project together around an internal communication strategy to help share the narrative around the value and contributions of the legal team across the business. As you know, this is about underscoring your alignment to the customer and demonstrating to the business that your value extends far beyond simply the provision of legal services. Would love to hear what impact has this had on the team and the broader business. Great. Thank you. I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, I, I touched on it a little bit before. One of the key points of running this in-house business, as we said, is, um, is, the op is the communications team and marketing, if you like. And so, if I might, I'd, I'd just like to share with your listeners the great work that, that Next Law did with the BMO legal team. As I've said, I feel that the legal ops function has evolved to the next level. Um, we continue to control the finances of the legal and compliance group, and we continue to serve as the HR function for the group. But the next logical step was to build out and launch our marketing team, if, if, you, if I can call it that. Because frankly, in today's world of the in-house bar, the legal department needs to have a very simple, very straightforward answer to the question, what do you do? Uh, because you get asked that increasingly frequently uh, by, your, by your business partners. We recognized within BMO that we had an amazing story to tell. We had lots of uh, great uh, endeavors, great um, pieces of work that we did internally, but we recognized that we should start trying to broadcast that to the rest of the enterprise. We needed to explain to the rest of the bank what it was we did within the legal group and not just the provision of legal services, but all of the other wonderful things that we do. We had the story and we had the building blocks but it was really just a platform that we needed to uh, to hone a little bit and to sharpen. So we had the story and the ammunition. It was just the delivery method that needed to be uh, thought about. Uh, and taking a step back, this is really quite groundbreaking stuff. The fact that uh, you know we were thinking about this, I'm not sure any other legal uh, in-house legal department does this. Uh, and Next Law was the first partner we thought of when we decided that we needed a little bit, a little bit of outside steer just in framing our messaging. And to your eternal credit, you know, you responded with open arms, and you could instantly see the benefit for the relationship. 
so as you know, we work through a strategy to make our story heard, to make our in-house story about our in-house lawyers and compliance folk heard more 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 clearly within um, the wider enterprise. But what was wonderful about it was that this was open to everyone in legal and compliance uh, to participate in. So the effect on the team really was electrifying. It had a, a great effect on our employees. Um, and they've used the tool that we gave them in their personal branding workshops um, to great effect. We are getting feedback from elsewhere in the enterprise about how great our story really is. The effect on the business, well, um, time will tell, but I think we have done a really good job of getting our message out there and will continue to do so. But just the very project itself, as I said, is amazingly innovative and it is a real evolution for the in-house legal market and also for Nextlaw uh, and other firms and how they can partner with uh, in-house counsel. I mean, really, can you imagine that even five years ago, a law firm would have made the full force of its marketing team uh, mass marketing resources available for a client or even you know, thinking about why a client would even want that. So from my perspective, long may that type of partnering continue. Here, here. Cheers to that. It's been a great deal of fun, I have to say, working with the team, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be involved. I've certainly learned a lot, and like I said, we've, we've had a lot of fun along the way. Richard, thank you again for your time today and for sharing your insights with me and our audience. I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation. My absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, Joanne.